Hello and welcome to the Friday edition of the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalter, joined as always by 444.com senior editor John Paulson. And you know what? Shame on me. I haven't talked about John's accuracy in a while, but let's let's recap here before we invite him in. He's finished in the top six in Fantasy Pro's accuracy rankings, accuracy in six of the last seven seasons, and he's won the competition twice through three weeks of the 2017 season. He's tied for first. It's early, John, but congratulations on such a hot start. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you, and you know, it's not shame on you for not talking about it because I think after our first fifty or sixty podcasts, you mentioned it at the start of every pot. Every pot. So I think uh, uh, regular listeners are aware. Uh, I uh, am happy to have a good start, and uh, my, my we pride ourselves in our rankings. And it's not like we're going to win the competition every single year, but the goal is to you know, finish in the top 10 or the top five every year and, 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 uh, ensure that our, um, subscribers, uh, always have consistently, uh, cons- consistently accurate rankings to go to and to turn to every time they're uh, trying to set their uh, lineup decisions. Well, it's always good to be recognized too. I, I remember, and I've told the story on our podcast before, but you and I have worked together for a long time now. We, we worked at a, a previous, uh, website and you used to hand out all the rankings then. And, it was it wasn't behind a paid wall, and you were you were outstanding then. So I'm glad to see that you're providing value to our subscribers, value to our listeners, value to um, 444.com's readers, and you're getting recognized for that. So again, congratulations on that. Um, we'll move on. We got a two day special that I want to mention, but before we do, John, tell us about the music. Uh, it's a, a band. Actually, it's a guy called Mondo Cosmo. That's his uh, his uh, moniker. Uh, it's Josh Ostrander. He's in a couple other bands, LaGuardia, Eastern Conference Champions, uh, in the early 2000s. But he's got uh, an album out this year, Plastic Soul. Uh, it's the title track, the first track off of that album. And we're going to be shifting the, the gears a little bit on the music for the podcast. I've kind of run the, the gambit with all the blues rock uh the songs that I that I want to kind of feature on the podcast. So now we're going to move in uh, to maybe some new, other newer songs, different uh, genres, and maybe some uh, songs from bands that we are well known but aren't well known songs. Maybe they're flying under the radar. So uh, look for that on the most accurate podcast playlist, which is on Spotify. If you can't find it there, when you search, go to uh, any of the podcast uh, posts on 444.com, and there should be a link uh, in the post to the to the uh, to, uh, to the uh, set list of the the playlist on uh, on Spotify. And John, I wanted to mention that two-day four for four special. So you want to listen up here. This is an unbelievable offer. Through Saturday, use our code September. It's not September. Sub, kind of like a subscription. S U B Tember. September, all one word for twenty-five percent off any four for four subscription. So that means you can get the classic subscription for twenty-two dollars, or you can get a pro subscription for forty-four. That's going to get you four for four's league sync, which will allow you to import your team from CBS, My Fantasy League, and ESPN leagues. You can see our color-coded rankings for easy start and sit and waiver decisions. It it's it's foolproof when you're when you're trying to make dis, um, decisions on a weekly basis. Or you can get a DFS subscription for about $89, which includes everything in the pro subscription, along with 444's excellent lineup generator, stack reports, floor and ceiling projections, and get all great DFS content that 444's daily team provides on a weekly basis. If you play DFS along with your your, uh, standard leagues, 
or League Long Leagues, that subscription for 89 bucks, man, it's, it's absolutely worth it. So remember, use our code SUBTEMBER. Go to 444.com, or if you want uh, John to get a little kickback, and who doesn't want that, hit up his Twitter page, at 444 underscore John, and use the link in the pinned tweet at the top of his page to sign up. Remember, though, this code is only good through September 30th, so get on it now. Pause our podcast. The only time I'll tell you to do this, pause the podcast and and go go take advantage of that special because, trust me, you're going to want to do this if you don't have any of our outstanding subscriptions. All right, moving on. Let's talk about Thursday Night Football, John. Your Packers absolutely humiliated the Bears. Huge for me. As for you, you won. Your Packers, uh, they won. I had them in a uh, Survivor League. I used them. I burned them. Now I don't have to worry about what's going to happen on Sunday, so that's nice. But let's talk about some of the Packers' offensive numbers. Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. Here's the big one. Ty Montgomery looks like he's got broken ribs. He only had five carries for 28 yards. That that led to Aaron Jones rushing for, let me get this, 13 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Jordy Nelson had a big night, four catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Cobb had a touchdown. He played. He was active. He had four catches and four, for 44 yards. Devontae Adams, before he took the massive hit from Danny Trevathan, a, a cheap hit, he had two catches for 13 yards and a touchdown. I know you also wanted to mention Geronimo Allison, John. So talk about the Packers' offense from last night. Uh, yeah, so the the Ty Montgomery uh, injury led he was get, he was going to have a great game. He was off to a great start in that first drive with the five carries for twenty eight yards. Then kind of grabbed at his ribs, and it sounds like he's uh, got a broken rib, uh, at least one broken rib. And uh, so we'll see what level of injury that is and how long he'll be out. We t- I talked with uh, Russell Manalastis, who's our injury expert at four for four. Um, uh, he's got uh, he's credentialed uh, in uh, the medical field, and um, he said that it could be uh, he could be able to play in ten days if it's real minor. Uh, but if it ends up being uh, an actual fractured rib, he might be out uh, two to three weeks, uh, and uh, we'll get maybe some updates on on the timeline there. So that led to Jamal Williams coming in. So Jamal Williams has been running ahead of Aaron Jones all off season. And it was one of these things where I looked at after the draft, cause I'm obviously very interested in what the Packers, uh, the draft draft picks that the Packers make and, and who they are and what, how they do. And looking at these two running backs, I certainly came away, uh, thinking that Aaron Jones had more upside and, uh, was the better runner. He, his measurables are better. He's got more bursts and his agility is better, but Jamal Williams is known for his pass blocking. So, uh, with Aaron Rodgers there in the backfield with him, uh, the Packers uh, were a little bit leery about giving Jones that role uh, and having him blow a blow a block and uh, get their quarterback killed and end their season, basically. So Jamal Williams had been running ahead uh, of Jones. He came in to this game, had four carries for 11 yards, 2.8 yards per carry, which is, uh, you know, he just basically is running up the back of his uh, linemen and, and then getting tackled for after a three-yard gain, um, uh, kind of what Edgar Bennett used to do for Packer fans out there. Um, but, uh, so Aaron Jones, he, he, Williams suffered a knee injury is going to miss some time according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, so then Aaron Jones came in 13 carries, 49 yards. It wasn't like an electric performance, but he did have a nice, uh, a nice run where he, uh, you know, the play was designed to go to the right and he had to cut it back to the left, changed, uh, direction and uh, exploded up the left side and had a nice gain out of it. And he certainly uh, looked good on his touchdown run as well. 
so if you're looking at him as a two to three week starter, I mean, I think he's worth 10 to $15 or 10 to 15% of your fab budget. Uh, a lot of this depends on Montgomery, uh, his knee injury, or I'm sorry, his rib injury, and then Williams uh, knee injury, how long these guys are going to be out because there's no telling uh, what the Packers will do when Williams comes back as well. He might just move right back into that starting role because they feel so much better about his pass uh, protection. You might also see Aaron Ripkowski in the backfield because uh, they do trust him in pass protection if Jones uh, blows an assignment uh, in the passing game. Let's move on. Do you want to move on to the Bears? You got any any more notes on the Packers? Oh, the other yeah, the other thing I want to mention is Geronimo Allison with Devontae Adams taking a really vicious hit. Uh, he's got a concussion apparently, uh, and uh, uh, it's the the indications are that it's not too serious in terms of any other injuries for him, so he should be back fairly soon. Uh, but he might miss a game uh, or two as he recovers from that concussion. And in that stretch, Geronimo Anderson should come in and uh, play starter snap 70, 80%. And Geronimo is an interesting guy to roster because, you know, he'll benefit if any of the injuries, you know, happen to, to Jordy Nelson, uh, to, to Devontae Adams, to Randall Cobb. If any of those guys go down, all of a sudden Geronimo Anderson is going from 5% of the snaps up to 70% of the snaps. So uh, he as a receiver in this offense, he's an interesting uh, injury stash because there's, he has three times the chance of uh, benefiting from an injury with one of these guys uh, going down ahead of him. All right, we don't have to be as extensive with the Bears because there's just, quite frankly, not that not that much to talk about. Uh, you know, at some point here, and it might happen very soon, the Bears are going to go from Mike Lennon to Mitch Trubisky. With the fact that the Bears have no receivers, I don't think that really impact things from a fantasy perspective, John. Um, but do you have thoughts on that before we move to Tariq Cohen? Uh, Kendall Wright had the four catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. It's It seems nice. Uh, it is a good fantasy day for him. It's uh, 15 fantasy points in PPR leagues, but he only had four targets, so it's not like uh, he was the most targeted uh, player on the team or anything like that. Deontay Thompson was the, led the team in targets with nine. Josh Bellamy had six. So you're not going to be counting on these guys on a weekly basis. I mean, you could use right in a PPR format uh, in a pinch, but you might end up with a goose egg. Like uh, I think he posted a goose egg last week. Uh, and then Tariq Cohen, um, just kind of disappointed in, in the amount of playing time that he got. He had uh, he looked electric as usual. He had six carries for 24 yards, which was fine. Uh, he had two runs, that two long runs. I think one was like an 8- to 10-yard run, and then another one was like a 15-yard run that were called back due to holding. Uh, you know, four catches for 24 yards in the passing game. They just didn't, they didn't have him on the field and we're in third down. I mean, he's their best receiver uh, and they don't have him on the field in third down situations. Sometimes uh, the the return of Benny Cunningham is cutting into his playing time. And uh, as a Cohen fan, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, it kind of stinks, but he did score uh, 6.4 in the passing game, another 2.4 uh, in the run, in the running game. So it's not a total disaster. It almost got you eight to nine points there in PPR formats, but um, it is something to monitor because this is a game where he should have seen, uh, you know, another eight targets. Uh, uh, Jordan Howard did run fairly well, uh, you know, only 2.9 yards per carry, but scored the touchdown, came came back into the game to score that touchdown after Cohen got them inside the, the five-yard line. And uh, so just sort of a disappointing day for him. Um, you'd like to see him on the field a lot more, especially in a game where Chicago's trailing by such a large amount for for the whole game. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. When you're watching that game, and Cohen, there were times where Cohen was clearly the best player on either side. You know, I mean, he's his his playmaking ability. It's safe for Aaron Rodgers, of course, but you know, Tariq Cohen's just he's a he's a human joystick out there. It's unreal. And and weekly now, I'm 
not that anybody cares about me, but you know, if you're a Tariq Cohen uh, owner and you're wondering what to do at your second running back spot, I've got Tevin Coleman as my other RB2. So it's kind of a weekly toss-up. I went with Cohen last night just to see to see his usage go down like that was highly disappointing. All right, let's move on. We'll talk about some injury updates for week four. We already know that Sam Bradford won't play. How does Case Keenum being back in there for his matchup against the Lions, how does he impact guys like uh, Adam Thielen and some of the other skill position players in Minnesota? Yeah, when I was doing my rankings, uh, Case Keenan was you know coming in like right at the top twenty marker, and that's uh, a little bit higher than higher than I'm comfortable with it, with with him. But he did have the 370 something yards passing and, and played well last week against a, a banged up Bucks defense. Um, so I think this is a, a decent spot for the the Vikings uh, pat, uh, pass catchers. Uh, Darius Slay is going to be shadowing. Stefan Diggs probably, and that's going to be tougher on him. But Thielen and, and Diggs should be fine as, as starts given uh, the way they played last week against the Bucks. Melvin Gordon is likely to play. That's the good news. The bad news is he's facing fantasy's number one defense against running backs in Philadelphia this week. Um, it's a home game for them, but the Eagles have been incredibly tough. Melvin Gordon still a low-end RB1, or are you looking more at a RB2 situation, John? Yeah, I would fade him in DFS, but if you you know if you have him on your season long roster, you can't you're not going to find those twenty touches elsewhere. Doug Baldwin had a monster game until leaving late last week against Tennessee. He suffered a groin injury. It's a late game. He wasn't practicing of as of yesterday. Pete Carroll expects him to play, but it's it's the same question that we're faced with with a lot of these wide receivers. Even if he plays, how effective is Doug Baldwin going to be? Yeah, this is a Sunday night game, so hopefully we have a, a full practice today, Friday uh, or Saturday, because he could, or no, not Saturday, because it's a Sunday night game, not a Monday night game. Uh, hopefully he practices fully today, and, and we have a pretty good idea that he's going to play. Groin injuries are a little tricky, so I, you know, I would be discounting him a little bit if he's out altogether. Uh, look for Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson to both be productive starters from a fantasy standpoint with Baldwin in the game. Uh, I think one of those guys is going to go off, but your guess is as good as mine uh, as to who it'll be. I, I would wager on Lockett because I just think he's the better route runner and better player. Uh, but Richardson has been uh, stick, sticking his head up and uh, emerging a little bit here and there as well. So um, that's where we're at with the Seattle passing game. It's a nice matchup against the Colts. The Rams finally got Sammy Watkins more involved last week. Unfortunately, he suffered a concussion on his second second touchdown of the day. The good news is, though, that he practiced uh, even in a limited capacity on Wednesday, and then he was practicing fully on Thursday. So he's good to go. And, and as I look up, look at that surprising Rams offense, John, I, I do the, the Rams for our weekly profile updates. I like Sammy Watkins as a wide receiver three this week against Dallas. Yeah, and I would even look at him as a, as a wide receiver too, given the usage he had uh, last week and uh, the matchup against Dallas. The secondary is not very good there. Carolina, let's move on to them. Calvin Benjamin looks like he is going to uh, play. He's, he's got a knee injury, but he was full practice on Thursday. He is expected to play. And they have a, a great matchup against New England, who hasn't stopped uh, a lot of people defensively. But, John, I see that you have Calvin Benjamin as your wide receiver 31 in Week 4. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about it. Uh, the the Carolina offense, especially the passing offense, has been pretty dicey. Uh, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, is getting a lot of targets there, and uh, you know I was expecting Benjamin to do uh, better against uh, the Saints last week, but he had the injury. Uh, the matchup isn't that 
great from a cornerback wide receiver standpoint, but the, there is uh, the potential for a lot of pass attempts here for the for the Panthers, and that uh, gives Benjamin some upside. John Brown's dealing with a quad injury. This is another late-game situation. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. It's an upgrade from last week, but avoid him, right? I mean, there's no, no, no sense in even looking at him this week. Well, the late game makes it tough. I think the key here with Brown is that if he returns, then all of a sudden J.J. Nelson isn't quite uh, as t- tantalizing of a start uh, there against the, the 49ers. Um, I think if you're really in a pinch, you could start Brown if he's uh, you know full today. But, it, it you know, uh, given the way he has started the season, how much Nelson has played, uh, even though Nelson's been kind of spotty uh, after a good first two weeks, he wasn't very good last week. Uh, it's, it's tough to kind of pin down who's going to score the wide receiver points outside of Larry Fitzgerald. John, do you feel better about me snaking Corey Davis in our draft, considering he's out again with the hamstring injury? He hasn't seen much playing time. Well, a little bit. I feel a little bit better, but I wanted Corey Davis long term. And uh, so I, I now have Watkins. I picked Watkins in the first round there in that draft. So I've started feeling a little bit better. But the, uh, the Davis injury is opening up. Uh, we're getting back to uh, Richard Matthews. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about him later, so I won't go into it uh, too much detail. But there, there are snaps now and targets available there in that Tennessee offense where it was real crowded with, with Davis in the, in the lineup. So um, that, that's opening up some things for, for Richard Matthews and Eric Decker. Will Fuller is set to make his return from that collarbone injury that he suffered, I believe, what, during training camp or preseason, one of the two? He, he has got a great matchup this weekend as Houston takes on uh, – who are they taking on? Jacksonville, or Tennessee, excuse me. Uh, great matchup against Tennessee, but probably not a safe start. More like a dart throw this weekend, right? Yeah, if you're if you're in a really, really deep league, you could throw him in there and maybe he catches a long touchdown. Uh, maybe DFS play, I don't know what his prices are. I'm guessing it's real. he's real cheap. This is just a really good matchup against Tennessee. The receivers have done very well against uh, them. So, uh, you know, who knows uh, what sort of rapport he has with uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, but... Um, you know, as you, as you mentioned, dart throw is, is, is how I would describe it. All right, you're going to speak exactly to me here with Jordan Reed because I've got Jordan Reed. I, I took your advice last week. I actually picked up Jared Cook. John, I picked up Jared Cook last week. It cashed in for me. I'm a Reed owner. They were playing the Raiders. It worked out well. Uh, so i got to give you a lot of credit there. But, but Reed, he's dealing with both rib and sternum injuries. It's a Monday night football game. He was limited on Thursday. Should I stick with Jared Cook, or do you think Jordan Reed's going to play on Monday night? Yeah, I don't know. He, Reed's back uh, practicing a, a, a bit. Uh, limited Thursday. Uh, we'll see what he does today, Friday, and then They'll have an extra practice on Saturday. We'll get the injury report on Saturday. Uh, and then usually we'll have Ian, uh, Ian Rappaport and uh, Adam Schefter or, or people like that will have some information uh, Sunday morning for us whether or not Reed's going to play. If he's a true questionable, that makes it very difficult because they don't they don't get um, good info to actionable info. So uh, if you have a decent option uh, at tight end, I think I would use it. Um, it's not a great matchup against Kansas City. Uh, they've, they've held down tight ends pretty well this year. Uh, so I probably would use uh, a better option. There's some streaming options this week. Um, if, if Reed is a true questionable, uh, if I don't have uh, Vernon Davis on the roster, if Vernon Davis is on the roster, he's the, he's the ideal pivot because uh, if, if Reed's out, then you can just plug in uh, Davis and he's uh, posted low end tight end one numbers in the five games that uh, Reed has missed over the last uh, season plus. Or if you got Jared Cook, you just plug him right back in there, and it's fantasy magic. 
It's always fantasy magic with Jerry Cook. John Sneaky starts coming up in a minute, but football fans, fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to download the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. Playing live snake drafts, but be done in under five minutes, and they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes. You can join one right now for week four. The best part is play for cold, hard cash, and get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on those salary cap sites. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code, which is 4 for 4 That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using our promo code 4 for 4 That's the number 4, F-O-R, and the number 4, and it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering the most accurate podcast listeners a money-back guarantee of up to $100. So just search Draft in your app store, go to Draft.com, and play right now for free using our promo code 4 for 4 That's number 4, F-O-R, number 4. Sneaky starts time. Let's start off with uh, your your two quarterbacks. We'll start off with Trevor Simeon. Yeah, this is uh, – I'm looking forward to uh, building some uh, GPP lineups with uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, stacks with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas since so many of the targets for the Broncos go to those two players it's a great matchup against Oakland uh, secondary it's really struggled against the pass and especially against receivers um, this is you know Simeon has played well this year he didn't do that great against Buffalo last week but in the two home games uh, he's averaged 225 yards three touchdowns uh, passing uh, he's running the ball a little bit 16 and a half yards uh, running and a half a touchdown he scored one touchdown in the two home games. So, uh, and this has a little bit of a shootout, sneaky shootout potential too. If if Oakland can get the, you know, put some points in the board, uh, they were pretty brutal against the, the Redskins last week. But I'm expecting a little bit of a bounce back there from from the Raider offense. I feel like Andy Dalton was sneaking under, you know, he's one of those sneaky plays for a lot of fantasy owners at the start of the year. They're diving into like advanced metrics and things like that to explain how Andy Dalton was going to have a good fantasy year. And then through two weeks, the Bengals had no touchdowns and that that didn't look good. Uh, But Cincinnati awoke a little bit last week, albeit in Green Bay against your Packers, John. And you like Andy Dalton against the Browns this Sunday. Yeah, he tends to throw more on the road, and he throws a lot to AJ Green on the road, and that's good for Andy Dalton. Uh, I think the I think the change at offensive coordinator was good for him, and uh, you know, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the Packers secondary is not good. Uh, the Browns also have been struggling against the pass. They gave up 259 yards and a touchdown to Jacoby Brissett, um, and then in week two they gave up two touchdowns to to Joe Flacco. And uh, Andy Dalton, I, I was looking at uh, our player page for Andy Dalton, and if you go to it uh, and scroll down at the bottom, I like I like to do this when uh, players like Dalton or whoever are in a, a division matchup where you have lots of uh, recent matchups to look at. But if you look at previous games versus Cleveland at the bottom of his player page, uh, you'll see that he's thrown for at least two uh, passing touchdowns in uh, each of the last four games against uh, Cleveland. Uh, he also ran for a, a touchdown in, back in 2015 against Cleveland. So he, he, he doesn't throw for a ton of yardage, but he does uh, tend to throw to score and throw touchdowns uh, against the Browns. So I do like him uh, as, a, as a sneaky play this week. Let's move on to your two running backs that you have for listeners. One is below Powell with Matt Forte likely out with turf toe. The Jets haven't looked as bad offensively as I thought they would, and Powell, maybe maybe there's a good usage. Uh, good he, Powell becomes a, a good volume play this weekend. Yeah, he's not running the ball as well as he did uh, last year, but this might be a, a, a situation where he can um, get, get a rhythm going because Jacksonville is not 
Uh, as good as the defenses look, they're not great against the run. Uh, they have the two really good corners, uh, so that's kind of funneling passes into the middle of the field. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but uh, and the, and the flip side of that is that uh, teams have been able to run against them. I think it's 4.8 yards per carry allowed by the Jaguars through three games. Uh, so with Forte likely out, Powell uh, should be the workhorse. Uh, you might see uh, some Elijah McGuire uh, as well. But uh, you know Powell last year uh, in the final four games, he averaged 23.7 fantasy points in PPR formats and is really second only to Le'Veon Bell during that stretch at his position. And Joe Holka is a fan of Powell's running talent. So uh, I think this is a good spot to use him uh, if you are looking for a flex or if you're looking at him in daily uh, this is uh, setting up to be a nice day for Powell. Last chance to jump on the Jaquiz Rogers bandwagon with uh, Doug Martin set to return from suspension next week, right? Yeah, the the Bucks really had a bad offensive showing against the Vikings, and I think they're coming home uh, and hoping to get things back on track against the Giants. The Giants are 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to, to running backs, and I, I do want to mention uh, that we updated our adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, metric. It's our signature strength of schedule metric at four for four. Uh, we updated it uh, for the first time for the season after week three, so that we have you know three weeks of data to go on. And I love I love week four for that reason because it's it's AFPA week at, at four for four, and I, I get all the new data. And uh, it's a really nice uh, strength. Of, a lot of sites out there will provide fancy points allowed at each position. Uh, raw fancy points allowed each position, but we go a step further and adjust those fancy points allowed uh, based on the schedule uh, that those defenses have seen. So if a team has seen uh, three really good running games uh, in a row, that's going to be taken into account in terms of their fancy adjusted fancy points allowed. Uh, so we think we get, we're getting an apples to apples comparison on the defensive side. Um, so t- the Giants, who were really good defensively last year, are 29th in adjusted fancy points allowed to running backs this year. So that gives me some optimism with with Rodgers. Um, and you know, the Bucks only had eight running back touches last week against Minnesota and they had 33 the week before against, uh, the Bears. So if they can get into a positive game script, I think they want to run the ball and, uh, Rogers uh, should see, you know, 15 to 20 carries in this game and, and bounce back from a really, a really awful, uh, week three. All right. You teased ahead to this one earlier. So now's your chance to talk about Rashard Matthews. Yeah. I don't know how much. Uh, you know, the listeners have realized, you know, over the course of the last two years or whatever, you know, draft season last year and then this year, uh, Richard Matthews, uh, how much I liked his value in the in the drafts. This year it was a little tougher because of the addition of Corey Davis. And, you know, Davis was going in the fifth round. And, and prior to the Davis pick, Matthews was a really nice value in the ninth, eighth, ninth round. And then he started going in the 11th, 12th round. He's turning out to be even a better value there. Uh, Roto World, friend of the pod, uh, Roto World's uh, – Evan Silva pointed out on Twitter that in the last 16 games, Matthews has 69 catches for 1,048 yards and 10 touchdowns uh, playing uh, for the Titans. Uh, he's got a, a what is actually a nice matchup against the Texans. Uh, they're off to a, a not-so-good start uh, against the receiver position, a 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the receiver. Uh, and I would also throw Eric Decker in there as a, as a sneaky start. I think both of them uh, could get off and have a nice fantasy day against uh, against the Texans in Houston. Two other wide receivers that you like. Willie Sneed, who's coming back from suspension. He now joins the Saints offense in London, where they're going to take on a horrible Dolphins secondary. And on the flip side of that, you also like Kenny Stills, who has an opportunity to potentially light up the Saints' bad defense. 
Yeah, I think if if Snead is given his usual workload, uh, he's in a very nice play against Miami and London. But uh, Sean Payton sort of alluded to the fact that he may not see a full workload after sitting out the first three games due to suspension. Uh, they've gotten some good receiver play from Brandon Coleman. Uh, Ted Ginn is a different type of player. He hasn't played that great, but uh, he's got the speed uh, that they want uh, to, to threaten uh, threaten deep and to open things up for Michael Thomas and the slot, whoever's playing the slot receiver and their pass-catching uh, running backs uh, over the middle. Um, so Sneeds is more of a like tournament play. Maybe he busts out and has a nice game. Uh, but I definitely, you know, if he's still out there in the waiver wire, I would definitely uh, pick him up. Uh, my son is playing in a 12-team my son Max, he's nine year old, uh, is playing in a twelve team league, and uh, he's got some problems at receiver. And we picked up Willie Sneed, and we're playing him this week because we have some serious problems at receiver. He's got four great, four or five great running backs, and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But uh, the auto draft uh, left us uh, pretty thin at receiver, and I think Sneed, uh, he, he's not a great standard play, but in PPR formats, I think you could run him out there. Uh, definitely pick him up if he's available on the waiver wire. And for Stills, uh, he's you know. He's got 15 targets. Uh, I think we were worried about uh, his usage there with Jay Cutler, but he's got 15 targets in two games. That's a lot for Kenny Stills. Uh, he's got that deep speed. Um, the game is against the Saints. The Saints did well uh, against Panthers, kind of holding them down uh, last week. But this passing defense is not good, and I think uh, Jay Cutler will be able to take advantage. And, and Stills could be one of the major beneficiaries if he catches a, a deep ball against his old team. Let's do two tight ends, Ryan Griffin and Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yeah, so Ryan Griffin, we weren't sure what was going to happen uh, with C.J. Fedorowicz going on injured reserve, who would step into that uh, Houston uh, tight end role. It's an, it's a fairly substantial role. It's not, you know, a Rob Gronkowski type role, but it's, uh, you know, it's usable as a streaming option. I think Ryan Griffin fits the bill. Uh, Steven Anderson uh, outsnapped him in week one, 57 to 10. But then you fast forward to week three after both players sat out week two with concussions. Uh, Griffin outsnapped Anderson uh, 61 to 31 against the Patriots and uh, capitalized with five catches uh, for 61 yards and a touchdown on six targets. He showed a nice rapport with Deshaun Watson uh, and the matchup. I, I like it with uh, a matchup with the Titans. So they, they yielded uh, 10 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown to the combination of Jimmy Graham and Luke Wilson in week three. And then that was you know, two weeks after giving up 56 yards and five catches to Jared Cook. Uh, once again in week one. So uh, I like Griffin in this spot. Uh, he's not as cheap as I would like in the DFS side because he did have the touchdown last week uh, and that kind of raised his price. But the other uh, player, you know, maybe is becoming the next Jared Cook, uh, Anthony, is Austin Safarian Jenkins. We talked about him a lot in the offseason as a sleeper at tight end. He sat out the first two weeks with a uh, suspension, um, but uh, is back now. And his, week three, he, he had uh, six targets. Uh, the Jets led the game the entire way, so the six targets is pretty uh, appealing because it's a pretty good uh, target share there from from Josh McCown. Uh, he only gained 31 yards on five catches but didn't have to do a whole lot. And as I mentioned earlier, the Jacksonville Jaguars' uh, cornerbacks are very good. Uh, they're going to, uh, to give the Jets' uh, receivers all they can handle. Uh, but across the middle, uh, that should open things up for Safarian Jenkins. He could lead this and should lead this uh, team in receiving. If it's not Paul Powell, it might be Safarian Jenkins. You know, maybe five to six catches for 60 to 70 yards, maybe a touchdown uh, is what I'm looking for from Jenkins as a sort of a surprise sneaky start there at, at the tight end two position. If you're in a pinch, this is not a bad place uh, to play him. Uh, they should funnel targets to the middle of the field. 
John, great stuff as always. I want to remind listeners that that two-day 4 for 4 special is only good through September 30th. So it's only two days. Jump on it now. All you have to do, you use our code, which is SUBTEMBER, for 25% off any of our 4 for 4 subscriptions. So Classic Sub for 22, Pro Sub for 44, or, or just go knock it all out. Get the DFS subscription for 89. That includes everything in the Pro Sub along with all that DFS content, including the lineup generator, which is awesome. It's what John and I use to uh, take down some DFS leagues on a weekly basis. So jump on it now. Use our promo code. Remember, John gets a little kickback, too. Go to his Twitter page, at 444 underscore John. He's got a pinned tweet there, so uh, you can you can kind of access the, the code through there as well, or you can go to 444.com. You got John's Twitter handle. Again, that's at 444 underscore John. Mine is at Anthony Stalter. We will see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast, which will come on Monday. Until then, good luck this weekend.